This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Hey, Cecil. Hey, Tom. This is Texas calling. Oh, my gosh, that Ted Cruz pulls out episode. That was the funniest thing I've heard in years. I had just fallen asleep. I was listening to podcasts, but the laughing, oh, my God, the laughing, that laughing woke me up. I started snickering, and then I was giggling, and then I started laughing, and as soon as I was laughing out loud, I had to get up and go to the living room. I was afraid I was going to wake my husband up. The combo of Glenn Beck and Ted Cruz, that is a match made in, well, made in heaven, if you will. I sustained myself on the tears of Glenn Beck. Here's something that not many people know about Glenn Beck tears. They're made up of 9% salt, 15% sugar, and they're 30% fat. Together, they have a delicious umami quality that just is not found on our planet or in the Patriot Emergency Food Kit he hawks on his dumb show. Hey, Cecil and Tom. This is Pat from Evanston. show sounding great. I'm just listening to episode 294, and I wanted to let you know, you can't build a wall with baby skulls. They're just, they're too soft. They're not fully set yet. You want to use adult skulls for the wall, but if you grind up the baby skulls and mix them with breast milk, they make a perfect mortar. So, you know, fun for the whole family. Story hole. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Hey everyone, uh, we wound up recording two interviews the other night on Friday. Uh, a couple people were in town for the AHA conference, the American Humanist Association conference, and uh, we wound up recording with uh, Victoria Getman, and then we also rec- wound up recording with uh, the, the Gaytheist Manifesto podcast. Uh, the recordings were so good uh, that we wanted to uh, keep them in their entirety, but uh, they're so long that we don't want to put two recordings of uh, interviews on one podcast. So we had recorded earlier in the week. And we had an entire show uh, that I'm going to split into two, and then I'm going to I'm going to tack on to that to that show a uh, a interview uh, to half of it. And so, uh, releasing today, Monday, you're going to hear uh, Victoria Getman's interview along with half the show we recorded uh, last week. And then on Thursday, you'll be able to hear uh, our recording with uh, the Gaytheist Manifesto and the second half of that show. Uh, so, without further ado, uh, here's uh, our first. The first part of, uh, of last week's show, along with uh, the Victoria Gatman interview. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way, <laughs> we bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is... No welcome at this is episode 295 six. of Cognitive six, six is what I meant and almost said of Cognitive Dissonance. And uh, we're doing something a little new. You know, we're, we, we've, we've made a decision, Cecil, a terrible decision. I know we announced it last time. We are reading 
Read? Started? Started. Begun? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're reading The Biggest Secret by David Icke. Ick, Ick, Uki? Ick. Ecky? Ick. 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 Uh, it's Ike. the it, this Ike. is Ike. I know. Ike. I, I say Ick because people send us corrective email. Yeah. It's so, like his name matters. So we're going to read this book and we're going to talk about it until one of us dies. I think that's what's going to happen. This book is basically we can't the, stop before the second chapter. This is the because textual, second chapter is don't mention the don't reptiles. Don't mention the reptiles, Tom. And we 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 only done the first chapter, which is Martians. <laughs> <laughs> We, 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 we're going to talk about this book. Now, a, a lot of people read uh, you know, the Bible. They read these religious texts. Uh, there's a bunch of different shows that do these things. We thought we'd take a different tack. We thought we would read this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was your idea. It was. It was. I, I feel like beating I the fucking, ever-loving shit out of you I with this book. I fucking own that so bad. Dude, dude, I have never. So bad. I have never wanted to hit somebody <laughs> as bad as reading. By the time I got, I will tell you, we read 13 pages of yeah, this book. Yeah. It took me 72 hours to read this. It was amazing how difficult it was to read yeah. 13 it's pages. It's more than of this 13 book. pages. But okay, 18, 19. It was, it was I mean, it's like nothing. 17 in yeah. the beginning plus it, the intro. Yeah, okay. It's the worst. This is. This is spectacularly, unbelievably gobbledygook. Because the intro starts at XIII. I, I want to hit you so goes, hard. And it goes to. I want to treat you like XVI. a fucking empty pinata, buddy. Like I just want to fucking ruin this thing. What's your take on this so far? I mean, are you fucking I- kidding me? <laughs> the book is called "The Biggest Secret." The fuck it. it let, hold on, I'm going to drop this book. Yeah, yeah. This is five. We got through twenty yeah. pages. This is a five hundred page book. This is. We should be done when Thomas finishes the Bible. <laughs> My God, yeah. I, th- this is the crazy. So we're gonna start talking we're about. We're gonna start it talking in, about. In why don't you talk about the intro to start out, Tom? Well, why don't I? Yeah, Hold why on. don't you get started? Okay. <laughs> the delightful part is the introduction is only a handful of pages long, um, and it's basically it's basically a warning. Yeah. That this book is so like this is a guy who's so fucking crazy that he has to write an introduction called. This shit is so crazy. Yeah, it's cray cray. It's good. So <laughs> it's good. He's like, guys, guys, hey. get ready to have your minds. Yeah. It's essentially, it's essentially, it's a fellatio of himself chapter. It is. It um, is. Which, if you can do that, I don't know why you would ever write a book. Yeah. I'd be fucking occupied all the time. This this book, the the very the second sentence, the second sentence. Let me read this. A crossroads where we make decisions which will influence life on Earth well into the future of what we call time. The future of what we call time. What does that mean? Is it the future? Are we suddenly like, do we have, do we have debate about what we call time? Yes. Well, he does. Wait, he, th- this book is so full of sentences like that. Mm-hmm. This book is so full of like, of what they say, of what the so-called, so-called authorities, the so-called time. It is, this is the fucking nuttiest shit I've ever, the introduction, I started reading the introduction, I had to, the introduction is three pages long, I have a degree in English lit, I read real fucking fast, I took two breaks, yeah, yeah. two breaks, you have to, you have to, now, normally with like, I, if you read any kind of academic type papers, right, if you read an academic paper, there's a very sort of standard format that academic papers follow, which is, I'm going to start it out by telling you what I'm going to do, then I'm going to do it. And then at the end, I'm going to recap what I did. That's sure. that's a sure. very standard way that academics talk. It's just a it's a it's a standard structure of a paper. Right. So essentially, the first chapter 
is his introduction, where he's laying out his groundwork. This starts in in such a way that it, it feels like it's something you should be reading that was scrawled in the wall with a pin and feces. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the shit that was on the wall in right. the guy's apartment in seven. You know what I mean? Like that guy yes. who like like cut himself and like wrote a bunch of crazy shit on the wall. Like that's what this is. Now, so I had to sort of write what the main idea was of each section of this. And I have almost a, a page and a half of stuff. So I want to read sort of what the beginning part of this is. Because it's just – it goes from like fucking – first off, it goes from zero to 100 right away. I know. It's like the second sentence is there's Martians. Okay? It's like, it's like, it's like And then it goes from – it starts – it's just like a stream of consciousness vomit. So I'm going to start up. He talks about the Babylonian Brotherhood, which is mostly males, and they try to push an agenda, which is basically centralized control of the planet by a bloodline that may or may not be aliens. Right? I think I got I that. I believe I that know. it is aliens. They're aliens, but they're like interbred aliens. Yeah. That's the, like the third They're paragraph. like a husky wolf. <laughs> they're like, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. It's like. Sure, they're like a crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the most influential families are like the Rothschilds, the European royalty, Rockefellers, presidents, businessmen. He, I'm going to quote here. He says, but at the top of the very cabal, which controls the human race and operates from the shadows outside its public domain. Yet all of those are very public people. Extremely public. Right? All those people are, kind are of the public, most public people and publicly in power of things. Right. But somehow they're a shadow cabal. They haven't completed their Babylonian uh, great agenda yet because there's too much infighting with the brotherhood. Yeah, they're all pissy with they're each other. They're all super mad at yeah. each other. They're, they're mad, bro. They can't. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they we now we, and then he starts talking about extraterrestrials. Um, he says that uh, he starts out with the Drake equation by basically saying, "Look, here's this. There's a sure. bunch of planets. There's a bunch of stars." And then I'm going to quote here. He says, "It would take you 4.5 or 4.3 light years to reach the nearest star, and even at that speed, it would take you a hundred years of light to cross just this galaxy." It's 100,000 light years across the galaxy. The guy is saying it's 100 light years across a yeah. galaxy. Like, it, like, uh, and I'm not a fucking astrophysicist. I'm just a guy who's like, that sounds a little light, bro. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> One of the best things he says, uh, the more I've researched this over the years, the more obvious it has become to me that the origin of the bloodlines and the plan for the takeover of the Earth goes off planet to a race or races from other spheres or dimensions of evolution? What does that mean? <laughs> dimensions of evolution? It's just, it's just fucking, it's, it's, la- it's throwing words it's together. Just, that's a word salad right there. That's, that that's, means nothing. That's the best thing I've ever nothing. read. I'm going to bounce ahead here because I don't want to, I don't want to cover every little tiny thing he says, but I want to kind of bounce ahead at what he's, because I, like, there's so many different ideas that pop out in the very beginning. He talks about – he starts talking about the golden age, mm-hmm. right? So there's – everybody's looking back on this golden age. And he talks about how like the Bible is not really um, – the Bible is kind of is, – is a story that's been written a bunch of times. If you look at all these old tablets, there's all these stories from the Bible, et cetera, you know, throughout, the, throughout history. Uh, and, and some of that is true, right? You know, yeah. like that, there's that, – that's a, that's, a, that's a thing that, that – absolutely. You know, there's flood stories that, that – There's permeate. nothing even new in that. Like there's yeah. archetypal stories yeah. which are – well – Archetypal, archetypal like, right? That's and they just were, how they were. And they were right. back then, too. Yeah. It's not a big deal. There's nothing even interesting about that. But idea. to him, it's proof that there's like some sort of like golden age back in the day. Right. And 
uh, and he says that there's this planet called Nibiru. I love that. <laughs> that's an as an orbit that goes between Mars and Jupiter and then out past Pluto. And that's where these Anuki came from. So it's another whole group of people. And I don't know if those are the Brotherhood or not, because he starts talking about later on how they started to make people. Right. So they came here to they came here to mine gold. Okay. I saw in Africa. They show like why would they need gold? They show up. They're just, well, they're just how inefficient is it to travel to another planet to mine gold? gold? Like you gotta land, then you have to fucking use a bunch of energy to blast off. Like you could just make it in a lab. What are they? Like what does this gold do? I don't know. Like, is it like I am? I am a little distressed though that you were able to piece together that whole. Planets, aliens, a nuki thing. Yeah, the nuki thing. I don't. I don't. I, my brain just started to shut I off. I don't know. But they came here to mine gold, and then they then they started doing bio experiments and genetic experiments, and they were like Frankenstein asking. The reason why we know this is because Mary Shelley and her husband were high initiates in the secret society I that, network. I, I have that right here. I have that highlighted That's right here. Uh, it's my favorite thing. I, I highlighted the same thing. That yeah, yeah. Frankenstein is proof. Of what again? I don't know. That there's a nukies yeah. or whatever. <laughs> he talks about Atlantis and how there's like a Bermuda Triangle. Again, that's all leaning back to that right to that garbage. Now I want to play. This is Sarah reading a clip for us. This is a piece of the book. I want to play this. Venus would have been an ice-coated comet, Desborough says, and the ice would have disintegrated when Venus approached the Earth and reached a point known as the Roche limit. This is a vibrational safety device, if you like. When two bodies are on collision course. The one with the smallest mass starts to disintegrate at the Roche limit. In this case, the ice would have been projected from Venus's surface towards the Earth. Also, as it entered the so-called Van Allen belt, which absorbs much of the dangerous radiation from the Sun, the ice would have been ionized, magnetized, and therefore attracted to the Earth's magnetic poles. Billions of tons of ice, cooled to negative 273 degrees centigrade, would have fallen on the polar regions, flash freezing everything in little more than an instant. This, at last, would explain the mystery of the mammoths found frozen where they stood. The mammoth, contrary to belief, was not a cold region animal, but one which lived in temperate grasslands. Somehow, those temperate regions were frozen in a moment. Some mammoths have been found frozen in the middle of eating. There you are munching away, and the next thing you know, you're an ice lolly. If this ionized ice did rain down from Venus, the biggest buildup would have been nearest to the magnetic poles because they would have had the most powerful attraction. Again, that is the case. The ice mass in the polar regions is greater at the poles than at the periphery, and yet there is less snow and rain at the poles to create such a buildup. The Venus scenario explains this. I just scrawled on it and put exclamation points because I had no idea what to do with this information. I can't. I mean, I, can't. I seriously, I seriously <laughs> it's my favorite part of anything I've ever read. at all. I love it so, so much. So let me see if I can explain okay. it. Let me see if okay. I can explain it. Okay. Break it down yeah, for me, like professor. I'd like to explain it. <laughs> Venus <laughs> is a comet. Okay. And Venus comes into uh, it goes through the Van Allen belt. Yeah, sure. And it, and it magnetizes the ice. Yes, because it ionizes and then he writes magnetizes. I'm yeah. just like, wait a minute, don't you have to pick one? <laughs> so it magnetizes the ice. And then Magnet ice. And then what happens, Tom, is the ice falls off of Venus. 
shoots towards Earth, but it doesn't fall in its regular trajectory. Of course not. It can't, because what happens is this magnetic ice is attracted to the poles, you fool. <laughs> God, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, my God. And what happens is, is it lands on the poles. Yes. And then, Tom, it's yes. your favorite part. It flat freezes the woolly mammoths. It freezes all the wildlife. The woolly mammoths. He talks about, this is my favorite, I'm sorry, I kept it. It's, so the space ice from Venus. The space ice from Venus. That lands that lands on the poles. It passes yeah. through the atmosphere. It passes through the atmosphere unscathed. Completely frozen. frozen. And it hits the, it hits the earth and immediately flash, flash freezes it to 250 and didn't he have like an exact 237 below or something he had an exact thing you know what i mean like it was perfect it was exact he talks about like well that explains why the woolly mammoths were <laughs> flash frozen and flash frozen they're just like walking around like but the only thing evidently that gets flash <laughs> It's, it's just a mammoth. It's just a woolly mammoth. They just get <laughs> And he's talking about how like they're chewing. They're, just they're like, chewing food, and that's how we know. Yeah, because they were they were not really they the were, woolly mammoth was a temperate animal, not yeah, a and not they were in weather. the act they were in the act of chewing, and that's how we know that they got that they got flash, flash frozen. <laughs> just like a fucking tuna. You know what I mean? Like you throw the tuna and it's just like a it's just like a fucking stick. But like those bird's eye vegetables. <laughs> Giant steamable package. What's awesome is you could take the woolly mammoth and you put it in a big pot and add a little water and cover it, <laughs> just, and it'll reconstitute. Just be just yeah. fine. It's 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 freeze dried like Jim Baker's product. This is the best thing. This is amazing. I've ever read. On it a doesn't piece of paper. stop there though. It goes to. Uh, uh, he also says at one point he's like, Mars was closer, <laughs> and we were closer still. Yeah, we were, we were. And that's why black people are black. <laughs> I wrote, fuck me, on the page, and then at the end I wrote, I quit my life. That's why black people black are people black. Black people are black because we were closer to the sun, so they were black <laughs> to protect themselves from the sun proximity. Yes, yeah, that's it. And then it says, Martians were white, and you can tell because our circadian rhythms go back to Martian land. <laughs> I know, we're like 23 we, hours when and you 50 spend, minutes. When you spend that much time that's amazing. on a... In a, uh, a sleep deprivation tank. Yeah, th- that's what he says. He says that if you if you take people and put them in a if you take white people specifically, he gets real racial. Oh in yeah, this thing. super racial. He gets super racial. Talks about how like white people were the the totes smarter ones and like we're the ones from the Martians and the black people are the slave race. I mean, he's, these are things he's oh, yeah. fucking talking oh, yeah. about in oh, this yeah. thing. He combines so many ideas and he just fucking rambles just, them together just, it's just it's just vomit it's just vomit he's just vomiting out ideas in the first it's the chapter the most amazing thing now, i've ever read i'm 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 hopeful that this is the blueprint and this was just so jumbled and he'll go through and be able to explain each one of these if not we're expecting this every time <sighs> which could be really, i have to read really bad i have to read the last sentence of this chapter all right because nobody could close out Chapter one, the way that David Icke closed out chapter one. Go. On that subject, I must now introduce an added dimension to this story, which will stretch your credulity to the breaking point. I strongly suspect that he's right. I strongly (laughs) suspect that my credulity Mm -hmm. will be stretched. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'll actually, I'll give him this. You have stretched my credulity like a fucking whore's ass. Like, it is to the brain. I got a fucking fistula. That's how fucking stretched out I am as far as my credulity. Yeah. 
this is the craziest shit yeah, my ever. brain was like a prolapsed anus after <laughs> this was over <laughs> i i seriously it took me so long to read it's gonna take longer too next time because it's a long chapter next time they're chapter reptiles. two here come the reptiles long, or don't yeah. talk about the reptiles yeah, it's or super long somebody pet my iguana or whatever he fucking called it i said who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole It's Jesus. So this story comes from weight.com, which is ironic because they if they had just waited till the kids were 18, they'd have been in a lot oh, less shit. trouble. <laughs> very true. 32 people arrested in a human trafficking sting operation. Two pastors charged with trafficking, including a children's pastor yeah. and a volunteer creative pastor. Pastor? Pastor at Lifehouse Church in Oak Ridge in Tennessee. Um, so after a three-day investigation, uh, 32 people were uh, arrested on prostitution and human trafficking charges. Two of the dudes were pastors. The two dudes that were the pastors were the two dudes that were trying to buy underage girls in this story. Right. So one dude, they, were, they respond to an ad on Backpage, and then one guy walks in and is like, 100 bucks for both girls, and he drops his drawers. He drops his drawers, hands over his money, and then they just <laughs> handcuff just his like, dick. Yeah, they yeah. Just <laughs> no. That's, we're taking you. It's not. Downtown. <laughs> One of the things that uh, that makes sense about this in some ways, I mean, this guy's a youth pastor. And I don't know if you've ever heard the uh, the uh, saying, never trust a skinny chef. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think, <laughs> oh, no. I think if you're a youth, oh, no. <laughs> you've got to okay. sample right. the, the... No, no, you don't. No, you don't. No. Is that not how it works? I feel like you shouldn't finish any of this thought. <laughs> So not, no. That's not how it works. Okay. All right. I just wanted to check. I wanted to. You know, I, I read this story and I thought, if only, if only one of the commandments was thou shalt <laughs> not, not fuck children. Thou shalt not diddle tiny puna. Right? Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's so funny, though, because it's like. I mean, come on. He wanted a 17-year-old, though. One of them's 15. And he was told that one girl's 15. And he's uh, like, I'll take them both. <laughs> That's what he that says. True. That is true. That's what he says. He says, yeah. But there's places in the world where 14 years old is legal consent. But Tennessee isn't one of those places, <laughs> which I think is the most surprising part of the story. That's very true, right? right? I would think it's Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. It's like I'm surprised you walk in and be like, sis, is that you? <laughs> I'll take them two youngins. <laughs> Already had her. <laughs> Can you wrap them youngins up for me? I'll take them to go. <laughs> Is there a way you can put them in a little tinfoil, make a goose head? Is that I, wa- I want it like to be like a fancy restaurant. Y'all got an Asian? I want to pop up on one of those little takeout containers. <laughs> Throw a few wontons in there. I too. got I got some ideas with like some chopsticks yeah. I'd like to try. <laughs> Yeah, no, just throw her in that plastic baggie. I'll take her home. I don't know. She don't look clean. She got crab ragoon. <laughs> <laughs> she Greek. She got Ziki sauce on her. <laughs> <laughs> I just here's the thing. Uh, I, I I might not fuck her, but I'll falafel her. You know, I'm just I don't. <laughs> I don't like those Italians. They slide right out of bed. That's <laughs> gross. Oh, it is. That's so it's gross. human trafficking. So. <laughs> yeah, we're just joking. These are these are monster people. These are the worst people. These are the youth pastors who's like. I mean, it's not like. 
I do have to think that it wasn't just like, oh, this is the first day I happen to troll back page for sure. fucking youth. Yeah, this is the first you know? time I ever wanted to, you I'm know. I'm looking for two youths. <laughs> <laughs> two what? <laughs> the two youths. <laughs> it's so gross. But, you know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, you're right. There's no way that this is the first time. And if, if so, you have the, the worst, worst luck, luck in the right. world. But even still, it doesn't matter if it's the first day or not. You no, still wanted to have sex with a 15-year-old. And they explicitly said, that one's 15. He's just like, mm. yeah, my pants are off. Yeah. Is there any way you could cut her open so I can count the rings? Oh, my God. Yeah. I just want to be sure I'm paying for it. Well, I can't count to 15. <laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> Let me call my sis on the phone. <laughs> Want to contact the guys? Go to DissonancePod.com to get links to their Google+, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Do you want to support the show? Go to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash dissonance pod or click the link on the podcast homepage and you can donate to the production of cognitive dissonance on a per episode basis if you can't spare any money take a second to give us a five-star review on itunes or stitcher or spread the word about the show we want to send a big heartfelt glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us you fucking rock this story is also from right wing watch this is our friend jim baker with a prescient, prescient, and oh-so-specific warning. All right, let's hear, let's hear his, his warning. What do you say, Harold? Harold Camping? I'd like you to pray and say, God, what should we do? Yes. This is a yes. different, no, this is a different woman saying yes. Is it? Yeah, this is a dark-haired. I've only gotten one to say yes. This is, <laughs> and you regretted it for a long time. Well, later I said no. <laughs> I believe it's time to hear from God. And God has been speaking to me. I walked out of my garage uh, yesterday. And as I'm walking and, and things happen, and when I, when one of those, you might call them crazy things. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, I would yeah, probably yeah, actually, call it crazy. Yeah, we, probably, we might call it a breakdown. Yeah. All right, here we go. Or delusion. God said, hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me $3 for the paper. Hey, I love those little buckets of food. Those are delicious. I love those little things. All I got to do is add water. I love it. My hound dog loves it, too. <laughs> Coon dog. What is it? What is it that pissed off Bobby Carey that we said God had that made him mad? Was it a coon dog? I think it was probably a coon, coon dog. dog. Bobby yeah. Carey did not like the hillbilly God at a coon dog. Well, he's just fucking jealous because yeah. it's a purebred. That's the thing. <laughs> it's a coon dog with human teeth. So <laughs> Bobby that, Carey's teeth. It, it found him. It found him at the found bottom him in of the, the crick or whatever. Yeah, the river. Yeah. yeah. A major event is about to take place. I mean, I just. <laughs> There we go. Hold a on. major event. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's hear that all again, real quick. Be great. But God said a major event is about to take place. I mean, I just—he didn't say that. He said a major event is about to take place. It's the Justin Bieber concert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Jim Baker strikes me as a guy whose fucking fillings are talking to him. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> 
he's a guy who's like God, he's got like the radio coming through on his fucking molars yeah, yeah. and he's just like oh it's, what's going on it's like, he's just fucking been listening to BBC that's it I love I love how non-specific that is a major event a major is taking event. place now let's see if he uses but, that to leverage people to buy garbage hold on a minute because maybe he doesn't know the nature of the event but certainly he'll know the specific day and time oh I'm almost certainly Tom I knew that I knew that I knew and every time God ever speaks to me like that Something happens. I want you to pray. Say, God, what should we do? And if God speaks to you, you need to write this number down. It's toll free. 1-888-988-1588. It's called 911. That's the number. <laughs> if God speaks to you, write it down. 911. And go with the nice men in the white coats. And you can call 24 hours a day. There's mm-hmm. always operators there. Or you can go to our website, jimbakershow.com, and all the products are there. And you could order them today. But don't put it off. Don't delay. One day, it will be too late. Now, a major event. The reading of this. Yeah. What's this last year? Last year, he predicted specific bad things. Oh, okay. And it didn't work this year. It didn't work. So now he's being less specific. So he's being less specific now. Right. That's actually smart of him. So next year, he'll be even less specific. I think that's smart on his part because when he did that fucking shimita or whatever, scimitar oh, stuff, amazing. he was talking about blood the moons for a long and the time. And the yeah, beezes. when he was talking about all that stuff for a long time, well, fucking none of that shit came true. I know. And then, you, you know, none of your garbage comes true. And then you're sort of stuck. Being like, yeah, you guys have all that special shimita food that we sent out. <laughs> well, don't worry. Something extra awful is going to happen. So, something double awful. You'll need double food buckets. You know, it's, it's interesting. I wonder how much you could be a repeat customer of this garbage. You know what I mean? Like there's a, you know, because like, let's say you're a, you're a crazy person and you, you, you order Jim Baker's yeah, eight, so far year, eight year buckets, right? right. You, eight years worth of buckets. How many times do you order eight years worth of buckets? Just once, right? You can't. eight years. I'd start on them right away. (laughs) I'd get them. Like, there we go. I'm getting in on that. Yeah, man. All I got to do is add water. That's fucking bachelor cooking, motherfucker. Let's do that shit. Yes. Speaking of bachelor cooking, let's talk about this other story, Tom, because he came out with Mexican food. He knew. He 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 nailed it. This is so bad. This is so bad. This is the worst thing. And so this is Jim Baker. (laughs) This is amazing. Asking you to buy his Mexican food. Oh, God. We have done less tweaking, as we call it. Yeah, <laughs> tweaking. Wait, tweaking. What's he fucking? Is he snorting something or whatever? <laughs> Bro, I'm tweaking. <laughs> no, that's that's actually twerking, and it does not help oh, when you're making fair. the food. That's fair. Yeah. On this food, than anything we've ever put together, the the first few times <laughs> this food is so good, it passes the official Mexican test. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? It can it can make its its own way over the border illegally. <laughs> it's made out of real Mexicans. <laughs> you know what you can you could deport it after it goes to college here. <laughs> <laughs> it passes the Mexican test that it made itself. Exactly. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, that's awesome. That's it's a- made itself. <laughs> just built itself. It's so hard working, it's self-generated. <laughs> Just, it passes the official Mexican test. You can spray it on your lawn. It'll, it'll cut your grass. 
This is Mexican food that real live Mexicans approve of. <laughs> real live Mexicans. We haven't been back in a pen, <laughs> and we <laughs> throw slop at them once in a while. These are genuine Mexicans. <laughs> Imported straight from Mexico. <laughs> We're going to deport them a little later. But right real. now, we have them trying our slop. Y'all ever see yeah. one of these real life Mexicans? <laughs> Holy shit. We thought they were a myth, <laughs> but they love our fiesta bucket. Genuine, real live Mexicans. <laughs> Tell you what, would you? I gotta hear him say that again. I gotta hear him say it again. This is Mexican food that real live Mexicans approve of. <laughs> real live Mexicans. <laughs> Mexicans. They're all. They, no, they like circus animals. No, no, they were all. They were all Mexican puppets made by Geppetto, and not real live Mexicans. <laughs> Real live Mexicans. <laughs> He's so racist. That's not racist. It's, that's country. It's so. It's so that's bad. Countryist. Oh my god. You know this is not gringo food. This is- <laughs> you can serve it with crackers, but it ain't for crackers. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Up next, up next, Jim Baker's soul food bucket. Oh God. Oh God, the awesome. Negroes love it. <laughs> the soul food bucket will make you say, Mammy. <laughs> <laughs> say, say, adios to your other buckets. <laughs> it's so bad. I can't believe it. They just say that. Uh, uh, oh god! Oh, it hurts to laugh. This is Kringle oh, food. <laughs> is good good food and it is it is unbelievable but the big thing is you know i believe there's going to be some events take place it may not be the big big event i'll tell you what you you eat this you're gonna have a big big event you're gonna have a huge event i'm looking at this stuff and it looks it already looks (laughs) pre-digested i i give a warning every time i'm gonna have sex like look it's not gonna be the big big event (laughs) all right I always tell somebody. I'm not even sure it's an yeah, event. Event before I go to the bathroom. Like, look, I'm going to go have an event. So I just want. We're not. Yeah, it's a kind of an entry level out. event. Yeah. Actually, just leave the apartment. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll tell you what. I had some of that gringo food. So <laughs> the grid going totally down. But I believe there's going to be major event that's literally going to. Like a shot across the bow. That's literally going to like a shot across the bow. That's literally, <laughs> not figuratively, going to like a shot across the bow. Tom, that's deep. I, because that's that's God. that's a simile and a metaphor, my friend. He's going to warn us. God's been dealing with me. Nobody wants to deal with you. <laughs> God's been dealing with you. God's been coaching me on my uh, ethnic phrases. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm so uh, unrestful about it. 
because I know things are coming. This guy is amazing. That though. guy, it's amazing, dude. That is the best. Oh. The gringo food or whatever is fucking amazing. Real life Mexicans. <laughs> Real life Mexicans. Wow, look at them. Look at Mom, Paul. Look inside that pen there. There's be real live Mexicans. Oh, can I get a stick and poke it? <laughs> can I scalp one just for fun? You kidding me? Is, what is this blood meridian? Ma, is there any way I could displace this one? <laughs> <laughs> So we are joined in studio by Victoria Getman. Now, Victoria is getting the President's Award for the American Humanist Association this weekend, and she's an Army veteran, and uh, and she runs uh, a bunch of stuff for atheists in the military. So, Victoria, thanks for joining us today. No problem. This is awesome. Glad to be here. So uh, you were in the military for how long? I was there for 20 years. Just the first, And then you just decided to quit. Like you just, you're kind of like a... You know, you reach a point, and then you just got to go. That's it. The that's first- it. First yeah, twenty right. years. First twenty years are the easiest. I hear. I, I, so, I, I, yeah. I agree, and that's why I was like, "This, this is too I easy." I quit for all me. kinds of shit after twenty years. It's just what you do, you know. <laughs> Marriages, whatever, you know, whatever, the, whatever. The, the first twenty are just whatever. are just a trial run. Whatever, are just a trial run. Um, so I got to ask: were, were you an atheist when you went into the military? I was not uh, an out atheist by any means. I was only a part-time Catholic, and that was really kind of losing steam with me. So I hadn't gone to church in a long time. In basic training, they give you the option to stay and clean the barracks or go to church. Church. So, of course... Yeah, I chose uh, that's church. not much of an option, it's, right? Really, it's not. That's a terrible option. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, Who stayed and cleaned the barracks? Like <laughs> that seems like. There were a few, actually. Really? Yeah, there were. fucking scrub a toilet or, or go to church? I don't know, man. Maybe I'd scrub that fucking toilet. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, right? You'd be like, eh. I don't know. What's the sermon about? Do I have to hear you about know? Jesus again? Uh, uh, all right. Uh, At least I can put my headphones in and listen to something else while I'm scrubbing a toilet. I don't think they had headphones back then. Oh. Fuck this. What kind oh. of crazy madcap world was this? <laughs> Jesus. So a Dystopian nightmare. So I want to ask, though, like... It, it, it was. It seems like it was pretty hard for atheists back then. Is it any easier now for atheists? It depends on the service that you're in. Honestly, I was in the army, and it's mostly run by evangelical Christians. And what? so, um, what? What? That sounds terrible. The army is run by evangelical Christians. Uh, yeah, most of the commanders, most of the higher ups, uh, are, are definitely identifying in, in an evangelical Christian kind of way. Just by you can you can watch they they've gotten in trouble for making uh, video clips like in uniform preaching for these churches no shit not necessarily preaching but definitely saying a scripted thing in favor of that and wearing the uniform they can't do while they're doing that right because no. then it lends credence of uh, you know like the, they're they're bringing the weight of that uniform to whatever they're doing so that's they're exactly that, right. right so they definitely cannot be doing that and then they do it anyway and then they do it. <laughs> all right just wanted to make sure i just wanted to get i want to get those two pieces together all right so i want to talk for a second though about the president president's award because that's pretty awesome to to wind up getting this why are you receiving this award from the american humans association well the the bottom line is is because rebecca and ben mcgraw submitted me for it but (laughs) i know a guy that's the the chicago way you don't have to apologize for that if you know a fucking guy you know a fucking when you're in the city when you're in the windy city it's like god you get the thing don't worry about it it. why are you asking a lot of questions (laughs) 
So somebody somebody recommended it. Yes, they did. They nominated me for it. But they say that all they did was write down the work I did. So I guess, you know, it might be the work I did that also gave. And well, let's let's presume that it was the work that you did and not just the, the, the uh, kindness of, of friends. Of strangers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically in 2012, uh, we had – I was teaching trainees uh, for the Army and for the Air Force. And so they decided that we had this critical mission. The Army said we need to start doing the suicide prevention training. Okay. So – we were like, all right, let's do it. We got suicide is really rampant in the military overall, veterans as well. So we need to make sure we get ahead of this. And we, they did a theater thing. They put all of our 800 uh, students in the theater, did this super awesome suicide prevention training, uh, got all that, Got did some resiliency training on how to get uh, get through hard times. It was all really great training. There's resiliency training? Master resiliency Like you go training. in and you you leave and then you are more resilient. That is the plan. I am fucking getting hit on that. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah, dude. I'm a jello <laughs> no, no, pudding no, no, pop. No, 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 no. <laughs> you don't understand because the baggage that comes with that is you're in the army. <laughs> oh, no, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, all like, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, they sign you up for Pass. 20 years. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> whoa. Can't I just yeah. get in on the resiliency? Did you already do 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> it was a hard 20, man. I ain't signed up hell. for another. Hard as hell. So, All right. So they, you did the resiliency, resiliency. and the suicide yeah, prevention. Yeah, and so then the last 10 minutes of that, we were there for two hours. It was like 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the last two hours coming up on 7 o'clock, they brought in the chaplain. Totally cool. Bring in the chaplain. Let people know that he's a resource. I'm on it. That's awesome. So chaplain walks out. We are literally across the street. Not even across the street. Across the parking lot from the chapel. So I'm waiting, and he turns out the lights. He hands out these battery light-up candles and starts praying, Dear Heavenly Father, blah, blah, blah. So I decide that this is not right. There's 800 students in here that I know for a fact 100% of them are not Christian. Sure. It was Yom Kippur, the the same day as Yom Kippur. I know two Jewish students were denied leave because they wanted to take it. Because suicide prevention training is mission essential. Got it. I agree, yes. Um, But when you bring in a Christian chaplain – and have them start praying on Yom Kippur to Jewish students. I have a problem with that. So, so you just you just kind of a killjoy. I feel like yeah, yeah? Absolutely. No? <laughs> absolutely. There is a phrase out there: a fun sponge. People take that <laughs> in a lot of different directions. Wow. Um, but you, you know, put one of those in there, you prevent a baby. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, did that, and then I decided that was wrong, so filed an EO complaint. Mikey Weinstein's um, group, the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, helped me out a lot filing that EO complaint. Jason Torpy from the Military Association of Atheists and Freethinkers helped me out filing that EO complaint. I became the director for the Military Religious Freedom Foundation in San Antonio, and I also became the point of contact in San Antonio for Military Association of Asian... Military Association of Atheists and Freethinkers. You probably also became a pariah among those. Oh I mean, that, that, I'm certain that that did not win you a whole lot of friends. It definitely didn't. It definitely didn't. It made um, working very interesting. There was a lot of just looks and you're going to work over here now and, you know, this or whatever. Um, but but it was it was all right. You know, I, I kind of knew that would happen. I was I was at 18 years in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a lab tech. I knew I wasn't going to make my next uh, promotion. And so I was just like, you know what, this is, this is it. I'm either. And my husband was set. My husband said, does it mean a lot to you or doesn't it? So I said, you know what it does. It means a lot to me. He's like, well, you either go all in. 
You know, that's a, that's a great way to think about it, right? Like, I mean, it's, it, there's, cause there's consequences for it, for all of these actions, but you know, does it mean a lot? Is it yeah, something that's really yeah. important? Then just get in there and fucking yeah, do it. Absolutely. I think that's great. It took a lot of bravery, I think, to do that. And so because of those two positions, the point of contact for the Military Association of Atheists and Freethinkers, this awesome guy, his name is Taylor Grin, was headed towards Air Force basic training right there in San Antonio. And he contacted MAF and he said, hey, I'm going to go to basic training. There isn't humanist support. Do you know anybody that can meet me if I can get it set up? And so Jason worked really hard, contacted me as the point of contact and said, hey, do you mind meeting this guy uh, every Sunday while he's in basic training? It's only eight weeks. I said, absolutely. I'll absolutely go there and do that. Uh, got some friends together, uh, Deb, Nick, and Vivica. We kind of worked out some things. I was pretty consistent uh, so far out of, since we started it in July 2013. I've only missed – this Sunday will be the fourth meeting that I've missed oh, wow. since all, in, in almost three years. So I was the consistent one, and Deb, Nick, and Vivica kind of rotated in, and we came up with the curriculum, Googling stuff, what happens at humanist meetings, things like that. Talked to the guy. When we got there to meet him – he had brought seven friends with him. Oh, nice. Yeah, so our first meeting had eight uh, basic trainees in it. And so what are you up to now? We're almost to 500. Holy shit. Yeah, um, we had to break it down into two services. <laughs> That's tremendous. Yeah, it's So you started cool. with eight people, and now you're at 500 or nearly 500 people. Yeah, we're we're coming up close on five hundred. That's impact. That's yeah. what that's that's real impact. So I I, I got to ask. So this this gentleman was Air Force. Yes. Are different branches more or less religious? That to your knowledge, is the Air Force a less religious branch than the Army, which you mentioned is evangelical? We have had a lot more success with the Air Force commanders, and that's how we got this started. Was Taylor Grin was in basic training for three weeks. Three weeks requesting service, saying, my needs are not being met here as an airman. I want to be just as, success- as successful as everyone else. Uh, I deserve to have this service. Sure. And so he fought for it, and he had one commander that said, you know what, I want all my trainees to be just as equally successful. So we were command-sponsored to be on there to meet with Taylor. Do you think that's that's possible because, like, in the Air Force, they can fly around and see there's no heaven up there, and then they're <laughs> yeah, just like... They just, yeah, they're above the clouds. They're, just, they're looking around, they're they're like, 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 I don't see God up here. <laughs> You guys. But if that was the case, then wouldn't the Navy worship Poseidon? (laughs) Maybe. I'm not in the military. I don't know. Maybe they do. Now, are are you an atheist chaplain? I am a humanist chaplain. Humanist chaplain? So what does a humanist chaplain do? There's two different things. You can be a humanist chaplain or a humanist celebrant. I'm a humanist chaplain, which means I can lead different services. Uh, If I was a celebrant, then then I could do the ceremony portion. So currently I'm only a chaplain, so I can lead services. I can teach uh, through those things along with the Humanist Society and the American Humanist Association guidelines. Um, but I'm working on being a celebrant, too, because, you know, then you can marry people. And stuff. Are you are you also uh, – and so is this a recognized thing by the military, the chaplaincy? Is that, rel- uh, is that recognized or is this just what you call yourself? Um, this is a title that has been um, given to me by the American or by the Humanist Society. I see. Okay. And so the it's a civilian gig. Got it. The mm-hmm. military, it. you know, it, it's just another piece of paper to them. Right. Right. But it is credible. It is uh, um, really important. And see, so, I had thought I had thought it was the the because there are chaplains in the military. Yes. That's a very different job, though. Very right? different. Okay. Job. All right. All right. Are there? Are, do you know of humanist chaplains in the military? Is that a thing that exists? It is not a thing that exists. And in fact, um, there's a guy right now, Jason Heap. He has put in. He was trying to do it for the Navy, and he exceeds all the requirements to do that. There's a lawsuit going on right now. It's been going on for years, and they just keep seeing, saying no, and they really don't have a ground for saying no. Um, they say that it that 
you have to have an endorsing agency, which he does. He has an endorsing agency. What is an endorsing agency? So a Baptist chaplain will have a, a Baptist church or a Baptist oh, okay, agency back them. Yeah, okay. All and right. so a chaplain has actually got a hard job because they have to do what the military rules and regulations are, and they also have to do what their endorsing agency rules are. So there, there are chaplains that still can't counsel uh, gay couples, Be, even though that is a legit legal thing. All those rules have come down. Don't ask, don't ask, don't tell has been repealed. But the military says you can, but the endorsing agency says you cannot. So what they have to do is if you come in and you need marital counseling for a same-sex couple, then they can say, uh, I, I can't help you right now, but I can. this is a person that can. And they're supposed really? to redirect you. But if you need financial counseling, then they could. So explain, marriage- the, explain the role of the chaplaincy in the military because I don't think that I understand it properly. So what does a chaplain in the military really do? Like what would people go to, a, to the chaplain in the military for? Because financial counseling, that struck that that kind of came to me from left field. Like I wouldn't go to a chaplain for financial counseling, right? So they're counselors, and they can provide. And the the thing, the best thing about the chaplain is is that they have like a non disclosure agreement, so they don't talk about anything you go to it's them. Like with. a therapist or something, yeah. Uh, right, but even even the therapist, if you choose to go to a therapist, at some level, uh, they have to let your command know, or they have to let. Oh, I see. What you, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the chaplain yeah. can hold everything. And so, if you need counseling I'm sorry, on anything, can or has to hold everything. Has to hold everything. Okay, I, I know it's just a, it's a minor distinction, right. but I'm curious. Right, okay. um, and I and I might be mistaken on that, but my understanding is is that they they have to hold everything. Okay, and so it benefits you if you're going through some stuff and you have a high security clearance that you want to go to the chaplain and get guidance and unload all that stuff and have someone to talk to. Because oh. if you go to a therapist, that might be something that the therapist says. You probably shouldn't have that high of a security clearance. You know, yeah. you have a lot of problems going on. We need to to look at that. And people lost their security clearance. So talk a little bit about. So you had a. Uh, you said that uh, you had you had started a couple of different groups. So you talked about one of them, but you didn't talk about the others. Talk about the other groups that you started as well. Okay, so um, I really wanted to get involved. I didn't know how to do that. I had come out as an atheist. Um, in 2008, and obviously I came out pretty strong in 2012 when I went through that EO complaint. It went into the civilian newspapers. Uh, Mikey Weinstein obviously was handling it, and so um, I wanted. To, I wanted. I'm an atheist now. I'm a really loud out atheist. I want to do something. Sure. And so I, I, I was looking around to see what I could get involved with in San Antonio, and I wound up finding finding something in Austin. Um, there was this guy Joe Zemecki. And he had started Atheists Helping the Homeless in Austin. And what he did is he just gathered up some uh, hygiene supplies, went down to where the underneath the bridge where the homeless um, usually are around in Austin, and handed them out. Simple. That was all. I was like, well, I could do that. So I contacted Joe, and I asked him his opinion. And, and he said, you know, you need to be, you know, are you, are you really involved in this? Because, you know, you really need to be dedicated to this. I said, no, Joe, I really want to help. And so I created Atheist Helping the Homeless in San Antonio. It was just me and my husband and my two teenage daughters at first. And we, out of our own pocket, just bought about $100 worth of stuff every month, went down there, set up a table. If we couldn't find a lot of people, then we would drive around and hand bags out okay. through the window. And, and you know, just hygiene supplies, sometimes some clothing items if we had something, if it, if it, depending on the weather and stuff. And um, I started posting it on Facebook and putting some pictures up, like, hey, guys, I'm doing this. I could use some help. It would be great. And so now, you know, we've helped about every – we do it the last Sunday of the month, every month in San Antonio, um, on the corner of Frio and West Houston. And we have about 80 uh, homeless people that come through our line that need help or they take something off of our table. And I have about 20 regular uh, volunteers that come out there and help hand stuff out. 
Uh, the, the people are always asking what they need to do. They get in line, and they're set, they, they have a bag, and they're getting ready to collect the items. And well, what would I need to do to take the items? Oh, you don't have to do anything. You just yeah, go yeah. through the right. – check your bag and, and kind of go through the line and see if you need anything. Oh, you don't want me to, to pray with you? And I'm like, no, no. You know, we have a sign that says Atheist Helping the Homeless. Um, no, we just, we're just here to – if you need anything off this table, then please take it. And, and so some of them will still say God bless you to us, and different people handle that differently. Nobody gets sure. hostile back, but you know, they'll either say, oh, we're atheists, but thank you, or, or something to that degree. Wow, that's great. That's really grown then, huh? So yeah, we start. I started that about the same time as I started the, the Lackland meeting. And um, so it was uh, July 2013, the Lackland meeting kind of kicked off. It was August 2013, the Atheists Helping the Homeless in San Antonio c- kicked off. So we've been pretty successful keeping both of those going. Do you have a, a, a web page or anything that for this particular organization, Facebook page or? Yes, we have. I have um, a Facebook page. It's actually uh, some people wanted to help and they said they felt more comfortable helping if I put humanist in the name. So the, the hmm. Facebook page is atheist and humanist helping the homeless. Why do you think that is out of curiosity? Like what, what, what is it? I mean, what is it about that word atheist? Cause it's still in the word. It's, it's still in the name atheist and humanist. Yes. So we're, we're not taking away atheists. We're just adding humanist. I wonder what it is that makes people feel more comfortable in your opinion. I, I think that they were going to be in pictures and some people are still scared of the word atheist and not every humanist is an atheist and vice versa. Not every atheist is a humanist. And so I think they wanted to be um, equally represented in case they were in a picture that gotcha. they could deflect that big bad A word and say, no, no, I'm a humanist and that's why I'm helping. So are you always looking for volunteers to help? Always looking for volunteers. And, you know, we, we uh, have some financial contributions. Some people just can't get out and shop. And so that's okay. If you can't get out and shop, um, they trust they trust us to, to do that shopping for them. And then they see in the pictures, they see they stop down and see what we're doing, and they see that we're a legit organization that's doing that. And then they're just – we couldn't find – a family group in San Antonio that was meeting the needs of what our family needed. We had five kids. We needed some free stuff to hang out, like potlucks or park meetups and stuff. And we just couldn't find a group that was doing that that had the same goals and whatever. So last fall, some friends and I started uh, South Texas Atheist for Reason. And that's a, a family group. We have those potlucks. We have especially quarterly potlucks. Um, we have Atheist Easter we have Heathen Halloween. We do something in the summer. Nice, nice. Like yeah, it. yeah. So uh, we did some stuff. We did a, a chili cook-off in December. So we got we got that kind of moving, um, like I said, in, in about October of last year. And, and that's really picking up steam. We have a lot of people that are enjoying that, getting together with families. We have game nights. Um, and everything has the kids around it. And then some of the parents were like, can we do something without the kids? <laughs> sure, right? <laughs> And, and so we were like, yeah, we absolutely can. So we started um, a stars out night. So that's, you know, parents. And then if, if any of anybody needs a babysitter, then somebody else in star watches the kids for them. And then um, we kind of do stars out and go to a pub or, nice. you know, we went karaoke one time. Just just whatever it is to, to get a break away from the kids and stuff. But well, most- if anybody in our in our in our listenership wants to meet up with you, we'll we'll put uh, we'll put links to both of these on on their website so that people can can reach out if they want to do charitable work or if they just want to hang out and go to these these atheist meetups that you're running. Yeah, that'd they, be great. The the listeners can can come by and scream glory hole at you. So that'll be <laughs> that would be awesome. That'll be bizarre. super Especially awkward, now that I know what out. it means. Yeah, right? Yeah. Because oh, otherwise, it would have been really awkward. <laughs> yeah, it actually never gets less awkward as it turns out. <laughs> I, I'm curious in South Texas. Do you feel there's a, there's a number of atheists that are underrepresented? I guess what I mean by that is um, it, it's got to be a different to be an atheist in South Texas than it is to be an atheist 
here in the Midwest, or it would be to be an atheist in New York or in Seattle. Um, so I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are in terms of the, the, the population and the willingness, because you had mentioned that some people prefer that term humanist instead of that big bad A word. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are as far as um, your, your reception as an atheist group when you guys go out and then you're, you know, you run into people you think are sympathetic but maybe unwilling to call themselves atheists. I'm just curious about your perceptions. Well, I know for a fact uh, the school systems are, are difficult to navigate. Um, you know, different kids are always talking to my kids about how they're going to hell or the devil's coming out from underneath their bed. Uh, we do have shirts made that say star. They're, they're blue and they have a big uh, yellow star on the, on, on the front of it. And um, I, I haven't had any bad experiences going out. In fact, um, our director of development, Casey, she has even called places and said, hey, we're working on nonprofit status, but we want to get together and do something at your at your venue. And, and they've been more than happy to assist us with doing that. That's great. So I personally haven't had any even dirty looks when I'm when we're out or, or anything to that. But you can definitely see the politics in Texas speaking to an opposite side of that mm-hmm. where – um, somebody that that was just running and defeated, you know, st- still was believing in creationism and, and things yeah, of that nature. Yeah, so yeah. so uh, we have quite a few people in the military right now that listen to us. If you could say anything to them to try to maybe help drum up a little bit, of, a few more people to come to your particular uh, group uh, down in San Antonio, uh, go ahead and, and, and talk to them. All right, so it's it's up to you guys. If you guys want something like this, if you're heading to basic training or if you know somebody in basic training, it has to happen internally. Even if you're in a training environment, it has to happen internally. So you need to go to your chaplains. You need to go to your command and say, I want this. I need this. I deserve this. It's already happening at Lackland. It's very successful if you want to check it out. Um, it's a thing. People want it. And if, if, it's, if it's provided, then it's definitely accepted. And on Fort, I used to teach on Fort Sam, and I would go to the chaplains, and I would go to the command, and I'd say, hey, I'm doing this on Lackland. It's awesome. It's happening. Uh, I would like to start it here. I just need a command sponsor. And they would all say no. It's, hmm. and, and they're valid to do that. The regulation does not allow for it. It would be them stepping out of the box. It would be them kind of putting their necks out. And so I completely understand the choices that they made. And so they said, well, how do we know they're out there? And so I'd say, well, we know they're out there. You could see that on Lackland. It started with eight, and at that, you know, that time it was 100, 200. And, and they would say, well, prove it. But in the military, you can't be out there asking people their religion or what their beliefs are. So they're asking me to do something that's – They're asking you to prove something you can't prove. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, let me build it. They will come. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, no. You know, you, you prove it to me. So it has to come from inside. It can't come from me calling your command or me calling a, a, a general or anybody. It has to come from the soldier, the trainee, the airman, the sailor. It has to come from inside the organization. And then they can give my name, Victoria Getman, and contact me, and I can try to help them get anything done. Or Jason Torpy, the Military Association of Atheists and Freethinkers, go to there and, and, and contact him and say, I want this. How do I get it started? And we can give them the tools to get that going. That's awesome. I got a question, though. Don't they on dog tags put your religion on there? They absolutely do. So wouldn't they know how many atheists there are or agnostics? Or do people just say none? Or Well, you, you do have a choice of no religious preference. But a lot of people did what I did, which is just put the religion that you grew up in or that you're comfortable I see. around. I see. I see. Right. So um, atheists you can have. 
it, it, we're just not sure how many people are, are not comfortable putting that down. Right, and putting no right. Religious so you feel preference. it's underrepresented. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. Right. The Army has um, allowed humanists, and so we've seen a pickup in humanists. I don't have the numbers. Um, I, I, I truly believe, especially when you have to go to your commander and, and they're going to see on your thing on your record, you know, are they going to recommend you for promotion if they're evangelical right, Christian and right. you're an atheist? Sure. Mm. They should. The military says they absolutely will. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. The, right. It's one thing to write it down and say <laughs> you absolutely will. It's another thing to have somebody actually yeah. do it. Right. 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 Yeah. There's a there's there's a lot of gray area in interpreting yeah. those regulations sometimes. Well, congratulations on your award. Absolutely. Thank you. And yeah. congratulations on just a ton of great work. What a what an enthusiastic person you are. You're just such a foil to us duds up here. <laughs> Bravo. I, I, I mean, I want to say. Like having Rebecca and Ben help me do the Lackland meeting and Scott, they have completely improved it. They've been working with me the last year and a half. Um, they have completely improved it in ways that I didn't even know was possible. So they, I, you know, I gave them an idea uh, of having this meeting and then they have just run with it. And so the same thing with star, um, that star family that I have, I, I definitely am not doing this alone. There's sure. no way I have my sure, family, right. my kids that support it. I have my whole community of people around me that support it. You know, I, I, I couldn't be more fortunate that I get, that I'm here receiving this award, but it's definitely, definitely uh, a lot of people that are, that are holding me up. It's well, a, the nice thing yeah. is now you can rub it in all their faces. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like yeah. you can get back and be yeah. like, look at the award I got. You know what you want to do is you want to hire somebody to carry that award around for you wherever you go. So I, are, are you yeah. available? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, it's going to be like a medal. You can swing it. Yeah. People with it. Be nice. I hope so. Yeah. I hope it's like, oh, you know, yeah. some kind of weapon sure. of some sort. Yeah. Where right. Some kind of, I see, I know she's military. Or, yeah. I'm thinking some sort of like weird pope hat, like a mitre uh, of yes, some sort that, would be nice I like too. That idea too. Yeah. A scepter, a, a that'd be crown great. Of some sort. I think oh, I think we could. We, I think we should get involved with this American Humanist Association and design the next award. <laughs> Everything should be a walloping scepter. <laughs> That's every award. That's like that movie Home, and they have the shusher. I don't yeah. know if you if you're into cartoons at all, but I have a bunch of kids, and that's what he has. He has a scepter, and he calls it the shusher. And if he doesn't agree with you, he smacks you in the head with oh, it. I've got to yeah. have seven of those. <laughs> I need them right now. <laughs> thank so. you, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it, and congratulations again. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. So we want to thank our uh, newest patrons, Vince Knuckley McGrundle. That's awesome. <laughs> Meredith, Moira, Nick, Cockness Monster. Cockness Monster. <laughs> Lindsay, and you are here. Uh, thanks, guys, for your generous donations. And I think, oh my goodness, you are here is, uh, is actually... Uh, a podcast uh, that's coming out. It's going to be a an audio drama podcast, and I listened to the it's like uh, a sci fi choose your own yeah, adventure. Choose your own adventure. I saw yeah. that. And actually, I listened to the first promo, and it's really good. Like the promo sounds super professional. It sounds really well done. So I'm excited when that comes out. I'll let people know when it actually hits. But it's uh, a clever idea. Yeah, it's a clever idea. It's done by uh, by Paul from uh, Coranify Me and a couple other people, Brian. And a few other people are involved in it, and it's it's really uh, a, an excellent idea. I can't wait to see what happens with it. So it's going to be a new audio drama. I'll let people know when it, when it pops. We also got a PayPal donation this week, Tom. We did. We got a very generous PayPal donation from Jerry. Jerry, thank you so much. Very kind PayPal. Another way to reach out to the show and support us. You can go to our uh, website, dissonancepod.com, and find our PayPal link there. We also want to thank uh, Alfredo. Alfredo came in. We're going to be uh, we, we we hired Alfredo to help fix our website. Our website went down a while back, uh, exploded in a 
terrible fury yes it uh did. sounded fury signifying nothing it turns <laughs> out um because everything was wiped from our website alfredo just happened to help us before and had a old backup of our website came in um we've been working with him to try to restore everything that's up there so there may be a few web a few of our uh, podcasts right now that don't have active links so some of the links are not active on a certain number of them i want to say maybe 50 or 60 podcasts don't have active links um, and they're sort of like from 250 to like 200. They don't have active links or images or anything. Uh, I'm going to try to do my best to restore those, but we don't have oh, any no. any records of those. So I have to go through and try to add those back in. But from the show notes, yeah. But the good thing is, is that oh, is that dude. we it, you're so lazy, you never delete the show notes. So we have them all. That's true. So you know, one time in your life, your laziness Watch is this. paid off. Watch this. You see this? I'm patting myself on the back. Yeah. Nailed it. Because people would have thought that you were like patting the side of like a dog or something. <laughs> when you did that. So, yeah. There's no dog. It's like slapping a ham. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is. So, uh, but, but we want to thank Alfredo and, uh, and it, he's been such a lifesaver, helped us out so much with this, uh, with this particular project. And he's going to continue to help us out. Um, we're actually going to be transitioning our site to make sure that everything is saved and all that other stuff and, you know, making sure that everything is set and all the things are paid for. And can, can I offer to help? Can we throw money at the problem? That's kind of, yeah, money. that's kind of what I'm doing. Yes. Yeah. Alfredo is, is, yes. is accepting the money and I'm the thrower. Oh, so, thank yeah. God. But he's been really great and he's been able to, uh, to work with us on this and it's been it's been very helpful so thank you all for it we got a call to prayer here i want to play it for you guys this is really funny <laughs> man the bass really hits there doesn't oh, that's it great wow nailed it when that fucking skrillex drops oh, it fucking drops it fucking drops man that's awesome we got a, a message from Brad, and Brad had uh, tattooed doubt even this on his arm. He did. It's it's underneath a, an Irish America flag, and it's on his uh, looks to be his left bicep. Tell you what, it's big. Soldier region. That's it's a not a hiding tattoo. That's a lot of text there, man. It's Look big. <laughs> we got some. We got a message. This is pretty great. Um, this was sent from uh, from uh, Denise and Bronson, and uh, they sent this in, and uh, and it's. You might be a cognitive dissonance listener if, and it's a whole long list of all Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah, it's it's in the style of Jeff Jeff Foxworthy, right? um, Which is not a style most people try to emulate. It turns out not anymore. I mean, not for the last ten years or so. (laughs) (laughs) Not even Jeff Foxworthy runs this bit anymore. Uh, But there's some really funny stuff in here. Um, We're going to post it on this week's show notes. uh, If you want to go check it out, which you could just go read it. There's a lot of great stuff in there. It's very funny. This next image, Galen hit us with two images. One of them I like. The other one I just – it's so hard to look at. He sent in an image of a donut um, that has cream corn. I can't look at it. it. I really really am going to navigate away. It looks like a poo. It's It's so so, terrible. It's worse than that. But anyway, we're going to post it on this week's show notes if you guys want to gross yourself out. Galen, that's disgusting. That's That's all I'm saying. I'm sorry I even thought of that. Here's the thing, man. Cream corn? Yeah. No. Yeah. Never. Uh, It's gross. Never. It's like a shepherd's pie donut or it's, something. That's food someone already ate. <laughs> it's like that Trace Leche's cake. It's like you go to bite it and you're like, someone ate this already. <laughs> it's not for me. I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm eating something I shouldn't be eating. I feel like a baby yeah. bird. <laughs> like, we, also, we also have an image of Moses filling a pothole that we're going to put on this week's show notes <laughs> too. Funny. Galen, thank you for sending those in. We kind of love this. Derek sent this in. Another call to prayer that is amazing. 
Perfect. Perfect. It is so good. That is just amazing. Oh, it's so funny. Well done, Derek. So funny. We got a message. We got a message about the uh, the U.S. military from David, Tom. David says, I've just listened to the latest podcast, and I wanted to clarify the U.S. military is bigger than the next 10 militaries combined. China, Russia, U.K., Japan, France, Saudi Arabia, India, Germany, Italy, and Brazil. Specifically, the U.S. military budget for 2014 was $682 billion. For comparison, China, the next largest military, had a budget of approximately $150 wow. billion. Wow. Dollars. Wow. We also got a message from David a while back, Tom, and this was about um, and this was about the email scandal that uh, that David Smalley had brought up. David Smalley had said that the that his his idea was that they were keeping this in in play, sort of in the backcourt, waiting for Hillary to finally get the nomination so that they can roll it out and destroy her credibility uh, with this email scandal. Um, and he he made it sound like there was people that were looking into this that were part of. Uh, the Congress, you know, like they, these people were senators or, you know, Republicans, they had a bent. Um, it's not that at all. It doesn't seem like it's that at all. It looks like it's an FBI investigation. And as you said, um, a, uh, a state department. Yeah. Look, there, so a state department audit came out um, and I saw it just on, on MSN and the state inspector general um, was evaluating her use of uh, private email um, for state department business. And it was critical of her. It was critical of past secretaries of state sure. as well. There's also an FBI probe, but they said that they didn't think that there'd be anything that was prosecutable yeah. as a result. So it's probably going to go yeah. nowhere. But we got a couple of emails yeah. letting us know that, that while David, yep. David, you know, was thinking that it may not, that, that, that sort of thing doesn't seem like it would be the case. The right. other thing that we got a message on, uh, was, uh, people saying David portrayed Bernie as squeaky clean and Hillary not as squeaky clean. And that's not as cut and dry as people think it is. Uh, Keith had sent in a message and a couple other people sent in messages basically saying the same thing. Like, look, you know, politics are muddy. Politics are gross. Sure. Nobody's and squeaky nobody's squeaky clean. clean. Yeah. And that's and I think that that's a fair point. You know what I mean? Like you can portray someone as as the better candidate. But like we said last time, you know, we're looking at these polls now. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. You have no idea what's going to happen, you know. President Trump? We got a message, and this was from last time. Uh, we got a message. This one's from Mark, and Mark was uh, very upset with us. A lot of people were very upset with us because we said uh, uh, third parties were throwing your vote away. And um, and a bunch of people tried to lecture us on how uh, how we need to be more third party friendly and uh, and that it's it's a it's a you know, it's one of these things like look. Uh, you know, you guys say it's throwing your vote away, but the only way to throw your vote away is to vote for somebody who doesn't, you know, you don't, you don't want as a, as a representative. And I, and I agree with that. And, uh, and I, I think it's hilarious that I get lectured on this when I'm old enough to have voted for Ross Perot and I voted for him twice in two different elections. I voted independent twice in two presidential elections. I voted Ralph Nader in 2000 i voted for nader too i voted i voted every single time i've had an opportunity to vote in illinois for a in a gubernatorial race i have voted green party every single time i've never voted for the democrat and republicans and you know how many 
times the Green Party candidate has won. Wait, wait. Do you know how many times the Green Party candidate has gotten more than like one percent of the fucking vote? Yeah. They've gotten none. I mean, right. like, like they're like statistical fucking anomaly. What? How few votes? They're actually gotten. the only person. Yeah, I'm like the only guy, and him and his wife, like right. the That's three it. of us. Yeah, we're gonna it's have a menage a trois later. Even his mom won't. Yeah, his mom's like, yeah. fuck that. No. I'm voting for Quinn. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, I, I, it's funny because I've voted for third parties all the time. And I think this lets me tell you that, yes, I know that I'm throwing my vote away. I know I'm not going to be the guy who elects the next person. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with voting for people third party. The problem is, is that the people that you're putting up for third party, especially in this presidential election, people told me to go listen to Gary Johnson, this Gary Johnson guy. Go find him. He was on Penn, and I guess he was on Rogan. Well, on Rogan, he had two and a half, two and a half plus hours worth of talk with just this Gary Johnson. So I listened to it. Gary Johnson... Eh. But this guy was a fair tax guy. I'm not a fair tax guy. I don't like unfair. that. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't I I I I'm sure that there's ways to to approach it and uh and make it I guess uh, a way that could be more fair, but it's not a fair thing inherently. Um he has some really kind of delusional things that he wants to do like create a a system where he can meet with people like just the average Joe once a month like he did when he was in a governor. He had this thing where you can come in and spend five with it, minutes with him and just talk about issues. And while Joe Rogan even points out that this is not a great idea for a president with 370 million people. You know, yeah, it's great for a small a small population state where you're the governor or maybe a mayor. But, at a, you know, at a certain point, this is not a thing that a fucking right. president should be doing, meeting with people. You know – the guy, I think, has some interesting points and is approaching it from a different standpoint than what we're used to. Uh, but this isn't my guy. Like, I, sure. I listened to him talk and I was like, you're not my guy. We got a message. Um, this is from uh, Stormtrooper. And Stormtrooper just wants to – I wanted to ask a question. He's, he's having some difficulty. He might be having to be getting to baptize. His family is very religious. And, uh, and he's thinking about maybe getting they're, – they're possibly going to get baptized soon. He, he doesn't know if he can accept it. Uh, you know, it's really against everything he stands for. What should he do? Uh, should he tell his family he's an atheist at this point or what? Well, here, here's the thing. If your folks are that religious and you live in their house and you don't think that they're going to come out, you don't think they're going to respond to it well, the baptism is meaningless, man. Yeah. It's just like, a water. You're dude. 16. Yeah. Give it two more years. It's it's a fucking sprinkle of water. It yeah. did, or, a, I, or a dunking here, or whatever they yeah, do. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Here's the fucking newsflash. If you don't believe, you didn't really get baptized. Yeah. Somebody just fucking splashed some water on you. Yeah. Nothing happened. It's all fucking yeah. – it's all symbolism garbage. It's no different than playing Ouija board or yeah. any other nonsense that's not true or real, right? So, eh, what's the big deal? You, your, your parents are happy. Your fucking home life doesn't suck for the next two years. You turn 18, you move away, you go to college, you know, you become a fucking dirty fucking liberal hillbilly fucking hippie atheist. shithead atheist in college. Everybody expects it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You, you come, come home, home with your first holidays. boyfriend yeah. and everybody's going to expect it because you it. went to a liberal gay college. Right. So – Get, but you, but but there there is a point where a little bit of independence will go a long way toward making you feel more secure um, in bringing those kinds of beliefs to your parents. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I w- I tell this story and I might have told it a couple times, but uh, but uh, I was uh, contemplating getting married in the Catholic Church, and uh, this was my wife was religious, my uh, my in laws were religious, and uh, and I was contemplating getting married in the Catholic Church, and I, I wound up going to I went to a Catholic school, a Catholic graduate, uh, a Catholic. Uh, university. And one of my teachers at the time just happened to be a priest. And I wound up seeing him during office hours to talk to him about a book that I was reading. And then I mentioned to him, I said, hey, you know, I'm, 
I've never gotten, I, you know, never gotten married before. I'm not religious. I don't know how, what happens here. I'm not really, I kind of don't want to get married in a church because I'm an atheist. What do you suggest? And he said, he said, what does it matter where you get married? He said, you love her, right? And I said, yeah, I love her. Would, would it matter if you got married outside? No. Would it matter if you got here at the univer- married here at the university? No. Would it matter if you, and he may name like five or six places. Well, why does it matter you get married in a church? doesn't matter it's a it's just a place to me but it has symbolism and meaning to somebody else and right. it means something to someone else and so if i could help them get the meaning that they were trying to achieve at the same time having no real damage done to me then it's not a big deal last thing we got a message from steven and steven sent us this pastor manning clip god is gonna put a bird i love it it's so funny that is some good stuff so that's it for uh, for this week. Expect a midweek show out. Like I said earlier, there's going to be a, a midweek show with uh, Callie and Ari from the Gaytheist Manifesto uh, coming your way on Thursday. Uh, but we're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.